Hello and welcome to episode 185 of the Super Horror Bros podcast. I'm your host Matt and joining me as always is my brother Mike. Hello. How's it going? Good man, good. Good, good. We're back again, back in the cinema. Um, Loving it. Which is which is always nice, isn't it? The big screen. <laughs> um, it's, has, it feels weird this year. Like we've been... I it's know, been, it's been a little now. bit backwards and forwards, hasn't it? Like, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm pretty much like level for like non-horror screenings as I am horror right now. I'm yeah, like, I need I need to fix that. Yeah, it is weird because it's just it's been very slow. There's been a lot of releases that we obviously haven't got, and then there's been delays and all that stuff. Yeah. So it's been the cinema releases have been weird. They haven't been coming like thick and fast like we used to. Um, so we are we're definitely getting Sonic into that. this week. <laughs> yes <laughs> i oh man i haven't even seen it and i really want to see it um but no we're not talking about the sonic. blue guy's got game <laughs> you can you guys you can talk about sonic at the end if you want um but oh, yeah, no we're talking about <laughs> we're talking about a horror movie uh called brahms the boy 2 um which I mean, is just such see an that original sonic sonic trailer that was that was pretty horrific bro yeah, that was that was. Oh, I just I wish they almost made that movie as well, and it just released I mean, it as like they, an extra. They did make that movie. <laughs> it's the movie that I saw. He just has a regular looking face in the one I saw. Fair enough. <laughs> like I'm pretty sure um, the Blu-ray will have both versions, and I really hope it does. Like, oh, the that'd be so version. great. Like eventually, they'll like at one point there'll be a documentary where like we've campaigned, mm. like release the Schneider cut has has happened, and it'll be yeah. like you know re- release the blue ball. What do we call? Yeah. What do we call Sonic? I don't know. What what can we what can we call him? It just needs I mean, to be like the Sonic. awful Sonic, like yeah, because it's just it's a it's a thing. Um, but yeah, we're we're derailing nice and early this week, which is always nice. Um, but, uh, before we get into this, is our podcast. I love. In case you're wondering, I've just thrown you off your game early doors. I think it. <laughs> I think it sets the mood for the rest of the show. Yeah. <laughs> it's decent i like it um but just in case you are because i i think our long-term listeners they're used to this shit by now but like if you're a new listener for some unknown reason if you're like oh brahms the boy too that's the one i want to check out um this is a horror podcast i mean i've got i've got many questions for you if that's it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly like did you make this movie and then if the answer is no then i'm like what is wrong with you basically um but uh no, like, we're going to start with the news, as we always do. There's some interesting stuff here, and then there's a very nice little tease at the end of this. Um, oh, my God. No, I can't wait. Which you can, Well, you're going to have to wait. I'm going to have to try and quickly get through these, because about things about three news stories before we get there. Um, yeah, first one is... the other news stories. No, this, no there's, some, there's some interesting <laughs> ones this week. Um, but, yeah, a really good one to, to end on. Um, yeah, this first one is a, is a trailer that came out uh, last week, I believe, um, for a new movie called Run. Um, and it's basically why this is interesting to me is it's from the director of Searching, um, obviously a movie that I, I don't think it was, I think it was a 2018 movie and, um, yeah, we didn't cover it because it was one of those weird ones where when they always fall in like the thriller category, it's always like, oh, do we cover it? Mm. You know, the, all the genre bullshit. But ultimately when we did see the movie, we were both massive fans it, of it. it. Good stuff. Um, yeah, definitely. Like I would say go in as cold as possible. Like don't know anything about that movie. Just watch it. Cause it's so good. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, that director was immediately on my radar from that moment on. And um, yeah, their follow up is a movie called Run, which is starring Sarah Paulson um, as the sort of lead. And um, yeah, it's a really cool trailer. It was one of these ones where I watched like the first sort of minute of it because, you know, most trailers are about two and a half to three minutes these days. And um, it was already getting a little bit too spoilery for my liking. So I was like, you know what? I'm in on this cool concept. Mm. Um 
basically she's this mother who's raising her teenage daughter who's disabled <laughs> and it's very much this relationship where you know she has to rely on her mother for every single thing in her life right. and then there starts to be these kind of slower elements and this is where it started to be a little bit like i almost don't want to know what's going on but kind of like let's just say obviously something's up with the mum. um yeah. you know she's not telling her the entire truth and so like this girl starts getting these messages that she should run away from her mum. hence the title and okay. i just think that's a really cool thing it reminds me like a don't yeah. breathe and like these <clears throat> movies that just have this really like Mom, simple concept it? yeah yeah definitely and stuff like hush that i like where it's like right here's the the you know the simple concept it's almost like a reverse mm. home in ma- invasion movie where the, the one person who protects you who looks after you might not be who you think they are and how would you get out of that situation because you're so dependent on them um and it just the looks really the title bro yeah exactly um but she can't run so like you know it's, Ooh, it's an interesting twist. one um exactly but no like, like check mm. out the trailer if you're obviously into that sort of thing but um i'm very excited for this one um and it's coming pretty soon, May 8th, which is, I think, American nice. Mother's Day, but not our Mother's Day. Um, <laughs> but uh, just sure. a few things even more. <laughs> um, so we'll probably get it by, like, our Mother's Day, which is, like, what, 2021. March? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, so I look forward to that one next year. Um, next up, this is such a weird news story. Um, did you see this with Eli Roth? Yeah. <sighs> yeah. Uh- like there's a lot to unpack here and again i'll try and be brief but like i have some very strong thoughts on this as a news story i don't know what what you think about it but basically eli roth has a project which is exciting very exciting love we already talked very recently that he already had another project so Mm. clearly this is a guy who likes to stay busy which is fair enough um it was that whole clown apocalypse thing that was like a a video game crossed with a movie crossed with an event it was very confusing to say the least um but this is a more simple news report which is that um yeah deadline is reporting that eli roth has signed on to direct for lionsgate movies um an adaptation of the borderlands video game franchise Mm. um which is a weird one Um, yeah so for people that uh, obviously listen to us just from the horror stuff and obviously we are both big gamers so i think we can add a bit of context here and just our own thoughts on it um I don't like this in the slightest. I actually am very much against this. Um, Mm -hmm. Borderlands as a franchise, I find to be the most derivative, boring, dull thing possible. Like, it's kind of top of my list in terms of, like, everything I hate about video games. It's this copy and paste formula that they've done for, like, over four games now that is the same old crap, basically. Mm. Um, As far as, like, what you'd pull from that for a movie, it's a shooter, for people that don't know. It's, you know, a you just get loads of different guns and upgrades, and you level up your character, and you just get a bunch of guns basically and um, i mean it's quite it's essentially a game that's not massively about the story you know it is no it's one of these games that is just playing you on that cycle of grinding through shooting things and getting things from you know from the drops and yeah it's grinding for the sake of grinding yeah and and it's just it's a complete time filler which if you're into that sort of thing like my god i play time filler games fine but yeah i yeah if you just want something to shoot at the other screen when you're hanging out with your friends it's a it's a fun time but like this as a as a movie um like if they announced the borderlands movie i would have had less than zero interest in it um yeah it was like when they announced the um oh god the wow uh movie i yeah. was like okay yeah no interest and um you know but at least kind of wow has like a story behind it and stuff but like um yeah and then eli roth being attached just disappoints me because i'm like i wish he could be doing something else with his time 
Yeah, for sure. Like the the actual story of Borderlands is very generic. It is just a imagine any you know post apocalyptic setting, very oh, Mad Max in its style. <laughs> you know, very trying to be like this punk aesthetic, yeah. and it's very tongue in cheek with its humor. Like all of its characters are I so think... like meta and like let's make all these little internet jokes that you'll get. It's very like ha 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 if you're in on the joke type yeah, humor. It's referential which... of itself, but I think the yeah. the only thing that interests me a bit is the art style. Um, is yeah. like this cell shaded type kind of art style what how they will portray that on the um big screen are they going to do something a la kind of sin city where they where they try to recreate the art style and do something cool like that um you know visually that could be interesting but i don't even i don't know how interesting visually it would need to be for me to get excited by it yeah, I think for, in a video game space, the only thing that even remotely sets Borderlands apart is that visual style. Mm. Um, as far as, I, like, for me, I don't like it. Like, I like cel-shaded stuff. I don't like the cel- the cel-shaded look in Borderlands. I think it looks really bad. Um, so, but I agree with you that that is, like, the only thing that I can point to is, like, you know what? At least that's something that they've stuck to, and it feels Borderlands. Everything else is just rubbish. Um, so, yeah, from a video game standpoint, it's, like, by far bottom of my list and so i just don't have any thought like care for it at all um and then the other aspect of it is that the people that make borderlands this company um gearbox kind of like their head honcho randy pitchford who i've been aware of for about a decade now in the video game industry so i'm very much he's someone that i've followed for a very long time um he is pretty much an absolute scumbag um he has done so many scummy things in the video game industry that i have no idea how he's even employed um the fact that he's still able to get up on a stage is supported by his peers and is allowed to release video games is beyond me um i'm not even going to remotely get into the ins and outs of it now but just google his name and see some of the shit that comes up and some of it is obviously allegations which is fair enough if you don't want to believe that stuff but also there is stuff that has been proven by time and time again and um so yeah like first and foremost that's a company that i never want to support or associate myself with and then the fact that I don't like the video game franchise anyway, like I have looked at it and been like, you know what, let's just remove this one guy in the company. The game series does nothing for me. And then, yeah, Eli Roth kind of attached as like a director. I'm just like, my God, I'm so disappointed. My only saving grace from all of this is that I have a 90, I think there's like a 99% chance that this movie never happens. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we've seen video, these video game productions time and time yeah. again. Like apparently it's funny because they, they reckon the Uncharted movie is literally weeks away from started filming now mm. like tom holland has started talking about it again yeah obviously did, they changed director yeah, he did again start really talking recently. about it I, I heard him kind of talk about it on a red carpet recently which obviously makes it yeah you know when you start having some actors talk about it because eli roth will sign any sort of project he'll he'll do any yeah. old thing at this point <laughs> like as much as i love eli oh yeah roth, for sure like you have to you have the to uncharted thing is really what are you gonna do with eli roth? because obviously yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, the, the Uncharted stuff's weird because obviously they had Dan Trachtenberg who was going to direct it and then he dropped out like this year. Mm. And so I don't even know if they've actually announced a, a new director. Like I haven't really been keeping up on it because I'm just like, this this thing is doomed for sure. Mm. Um, and that was a guy that we're obviously huge fans of after 10 Cloverfield Lane. And it was much like, we love Uncharted, but I'd rather he was just away from this world because video game adaptations are such a murky thing. Like there are these small success stories. I feel like The Witcher is one of the best I've ever seen for sure. Mm. Um, and that's that just shows you the power of like netflix and it's in its arm as a tv brand but in terms of these big budget like movie productions you look at like assassin's creed and prince of persia and all this stuff it's just like oh, there's just no need for it at all um and yeah like they those movies just don't do anything for me like we are we're in the audience of like huge movie fans and huge video game fans and like do we care for these movies in the slightest like not really um I'll have some 
Yeah, like, yeah, at times. Um, but it's not our Resident Evil, is it? When you look at what they did and made this, like, action franchise, that's not what we love about Resident Evil. No, um, it's still a, still a broadly good time. Yeah, for sure. Some of those movies are right. Like, the first one in particular, I still say, is a very good film. Um, but yeah, Eli, I hope, I hope Eli, like, finds his way out of this mess at some mm. point. Because it's not, like, something I ever want to support, for no. sure. But, yeah, people can make their own decisions. Um, next up, this is actually super exciting, because this is about another director that we're huge fans of. Um, Robert Eggers, of course, coming off of... One of the best movies I've seen for a very long time. Um, I'm not even going to hide the fact that I absolutely adore The Lighthouse. It's just incredible in every single way. And we already knew the name of his next project, which is called The Northman. Um, mm. He has started talking up a little bit now, which sounds very exciting. It's a, It's been set as a Viking revenge movie. Um <laughs> So he says that it's described as a Viking revenge saga setting Iceland at the turn of the 10th century. <laughs> and I'm like, this sounds exactly like what this guy would do, <laughs> which is awesome. If Bill Skarsgård um, is not in this movie, I'm going to be disappointed. Well, you, you're going to be very excited because the, the report. So this just says that um, Deadline is, is he actually saying that this. So this is the <laughs> it talks of people that are set to star in the movie. Oh, okay. um, we we have Anya Taylor Joy, of course, nice, who's in um, nice. The Witch. We have Willem Dafoe, of course, who's in The oh, Lighthouse. Of course, yeah. um, and then we have not one but two Skarsgårds in the oh, form of Alexander Skarsgård and not Bill Skarsgård, which is just incredible, like so so awesome. And I don't know why when left... you said Viking, I just thought Skarsgård. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, when they are from Iceland, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I think that um, might be why. <laughs> But uh, and then the final left field name, which I think is awesome because it's just so weird, is Nicole Kidman. Um, is the other <laughs> name, random. which yeah, if yeah, it's really random. But if if people haven't seen in particular her in Big Little Lies, it's she's so awesome, and so I definitely want to see her in more movies for sure. Um, oh, I want Alexander yeah, Skarsgård. Like, That's all I care about now. I want. Oh him back. well, he's. You should watch Big Little Lies because there are a couple in that. Um, <laughs> oh, well. But. Uh, yeah, it's awesome. I'm, I'm um, still not in. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, honestly, it's very good. Um, and yeah, obviously, another thing that's awesome about this is he's reteaming with his cinematographer, um, who was obviously the cinematographer for Lighthouse that was like Oscar nominated. And obviously the mm. cinematography in that movie is just impeccable. Um, so yeah, this sounds cool. He's kind of been talking it up as well as like he feels like it is this trilogy, not not in the, you know, like a spiritual trilogy. Like they kind of have this through lines, mm. um, which I think is cool. Because yeah, they are very much just kind of like these are, all of them these old school like folk tales um and yeah i i just i i cannot wait i'm obviously going to be there day one whatever this guy makes next time um and everything about this just sounds like i'm glad it's not what what is a bit disappointing is this does seem like his next project because there was talks a while ago that he was trying to get nosferatu remake um which mm -hmm. he is like the perfect man to make that so hopefully maybe that's something in the pipeline um yeah also, i, I like him tackling be better, isn't yeah it? exactly i like him tackling these kind of folklores but in a very original way like mm. You know, the lighthouse was was very much his own original story that was hamming on these kind of folklores, and you know, it's just kind of same as the witch, really. And it's just kind of yeah. I, I I prefer that where he dips his toe in, but gives us his own mental thoughts <laughs> and and, yeah. and ideas because they're out there, man. Oh yeah, for sure. So yeah, this is very exciting. I don't think there's any even. I don't think we even know when they're sort of starting pre-production on this one yet. No, nah, um, it's a mile off. Yeah, but obviously, if they, I guess they're trying to get the cast together now. Like, I'm pretty sure they have a script done and stuff. So yeah, we're getting there. Like maybe 2021, hopefully. Um, <sighs> yeah, if you're lucky. Either way, super exciting. Cannot wait. <laughs> and then finally, you've been very Give patient to, to wait. I know because 
this is very awesome we've been waiting for this for a very long time um i already had this as kind of a news story from late last week where there was talks that expect Candyman stuff very soon um it was off the back of a trailer had been rated on a website <laughs> um so people kind of knew like oh shit like some Candyman it's stuff's gone. happening and uh yeah now we know officially because today just mere hours before the podcast dropped in fact we got quite a lot of stuff more than i was yeah. expecting um i don't even know where to begin should we talk about this poster first oh the poster man poster's sick <laughs> i want that poster yeah poster's like, so good the first obviously art of the movie is just incredible <clears throat> obviously you've got that that awesome stylized like honeycomb logo which is awesome to still see mm-hmm. um and just seeing that iconography you're like oh my god this shit's happening and it's soon um which is awesome because that's what we've been waiting for obviously um mm-hmm. and then there are two very small clips that you can see um mm-hmm. really genius marketing i think from them as well that they did something that i've not seen before um where they kind of released this small clip of characters saying Candyman, and there was like a button on twitter where if you click it then you can tweet the name five times Candyman, which is awesome yeah that's awesome and they kind of at you with a reply with another sneak peek of the trailer nice. um which we should say that yeah the full trailer is coming out this thursday um, are you gonna watch it hell yes i'm gonna watch it <laughs> well i know you like all these trailers bro but yeah, yeah. I'm no, because it's it's been like this crippling problem with a quiet place that's just annoying me at this point, and I can't have this about another movie. So, um, yeah, like I'm feeling like we might have to record our reactions to this one because it's going to be very awesome. Um, <laughs> it definitely it definitely won't be as long as the jigsaw one or the the spiral one. Um, but uh, look, if we have if we pe- if we have people tweeting us as this episode goes live, hearing this right now, saying that they want a reaction to it, then I'll do it. <laughs> yeah, well, I think. I think just give the people what they want um but yeah these two clips obviously shb pod if you want a quicker (laughs) reaction on this that's all i'm saying yeah um but uh yeah even these small clips obviously what we discussed before we'll obviously discuss it more in depth but like just seeing this movie for the first time was what we were so excited for um because it's like that you know what is that visual style and even just seeing characters say the word Candyman is like oh my god i'm so excited um i can't wait i just need that movie yeah we're we're, so, we're just so close to like 2020 starting yeah you know what i mean definitely. like we're, we're a few days away from the invisible man and then mm. we're gonna roll straight into like these movies like candy man and stuff and i, I just can't wait yeah like these next three like, months good, yeah. good times are coming like we know yeah. what these big release schedules are and we're 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 you know a few days away from that first one which yeah. is awesome definitely um so yeah i cannot wait to see more of this film but yeah we'll definitely discuss it if not on the next show maybe a, maybe a separate reactions we shall see um but yeah so excited like i need to see yeah. these on the big screen as well because again again i think in the u.s this is yeah they're getting they're getting invisible in front man. of invisible man that's why it's dropping on thursday yeah which obviously yeah. we won't get <laughs> we'll just no. get a quiet place for the 30th time <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> which is so much fun for me um but yeah should we talk about this week's film Let's do it. Let's talk about Brahms, The Boy 2. Why do you think they called it that? Like, why did they not just be like, you know what, the boy two Brahms? Let's just use like I, normal convention. I don't know. Someone in marketing was like <laughs> mirrors. They were like, what? And then they just kind of like, 
let's just you know we we don't want this to be the boy anymore we want this mm. to be brahms because now will it be brahms to the boy or no the boy brahms to maybe is the mm. next one yeah oh. or brahms to the boy free yeah i know i feel like now they because <laughs> they want to try and drop the boy from it you see so they're going to downgrade <laughs> the boy my 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 guess is uh the boy brahms 2 for the next for the trilogy mm. yeah that's what i'm going for i'm gonna say this house is brahms yeah that will be the title <laughs> um <laughs> that's that's one for anyone else who's had to painfully uh, watch these movies at the cinema so far oh, um, christ so i guess i guess you want me to synopsize this yeah um well let's so, start with the boy yeah so the boy we covered we, it crazy enough we we covered it right <laughs> So, I'm going to look up what episode it was because it was yeah, a very long luck, time good ago. Good luck finding that one, guys. If you <laughs> listen to that one, you've been a long-term listener. Oh, yeah, that's definitely not still um, up. <laughs> that's not been on the feed for a while. Um, but, yeah, the boy one, I guess, is kind of... Um, well, the boy franchise kind of centers around this uh, doll, uh, this kind of lifelike doll as opposed to kind of Annabelle, um, uh, this lifelike doll called Brahms, who... Um, has various levels of uh, creepiness and spooky weirdness goes on around him. Um, you know, I'm, I don't really want to get into spoilers for the first movie, but, um, you know, essentially it's this weird doll where weird shit happens around him and people mm. act weird around him too. Um, and so kind of jumping in, I mean, The Boy One, I, I didn't dislike, it didn't kind of... Um, you know, it didn't blow me away. It had me somewhat interested. And then it gave a twist at the end, which I found kind of pretty interesting. But then ultimately was like, okay, that's done. And we'll never get another one of these, thank God, because mm. the twist kind of ends it. And then suddenly Brahms the boy too pops up. And I'm like, what the hell's going to happen here? Um, yeah. It's really so, weird. Like, so, yeah, we covered it for episode 14, which was 14. one of our wow. first ones. It was something like the wow. ninth different movie that we covered as like an actual yeah. horror movie. So it's super OG for the show. Um, Jesus Christ, we were only covering like 60% of our movies were horror movies back then. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, yeah, super early on. And yeah, I think I remember like you were a little bit higher on it than yeah. me. Um, I remember thinking it was all right. And then obviously the ending is the thing that kind of stands out, the twist ending. Yeah. Um, and I, I think I probably enjoyed that more than you yeah yeah it was a cool um, it was a cool twist for sure i would say as well that i don't think we should necessarily skirt around that obviously we don't need to flat out say no it, i just I don't think, I just if don't, we need to yeah if we need to it's fine like bro, uh, the boy one is on the table for spoilers the yeah. boy two we will not just be as a fair spoilers warning. about yeah like i'm not going to spoil this movie but yeah a movie that came out four or five years ago I, you know but i just don't i just don't think there's actually a need to no, not right now. But yeah, I would say that so, yeah, that movie was kind of very much just one of these spooky doll movies that yeah. there was a lot of them at the time. But then yeah. the ending and kind of what flipped that on its head, and then ultimately that it wasn't necessarily this spooky uh, toy movie anymore, mm. and it was something different. That was cool, and yeah, it was I the only was thing cool. that kind of I took from that movie. And obviously, mm. a while ago we've known about this as a as a sequel. Um, that's the funniest part is that we didn't mention <laughs> this last week at all when we were talking about movies upcoming because. <laughs> <laughs> I've just blocked this from my memory. Like it was supposed to come out against Child's Play last year. Then yeah. it got delayed to December. And then I was just like, you know what? This movie's never going to come out. And then when it actually was at our local cinema this week, I was like, oh shit, this does actually exist. And we Guess got to we're going to have to see it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this movie picks up with kind of um, getting introduced to family, kind of uh, a boy called Jude and the mum called Lisa. 
Um, and um, basically, um, the movie starts and uh, they experience a um, home invasion where kind of the... Um, the mum gets kind of attacked and the boy kind of sees it all, Jude sees it all, and it um, makes him become kind of traumatised and he has become a mute kind of at the start of this movie. And so he kind of carries around this notepad and is just kind of um, writing on that and obviously dealing with this trauma. Um, so the mum and dad kind of... Um, and that's one thing I completely forgot about the boy, that, that it's set in England. Yeah, because um, when they suddenly, when I was like, "Hang on a second, we're in England," I was like, "When the movie starts, I it compl- I completely forgot." Well, it's um, weird because so both movies have had an American lead, but they yeah. don't. I can't remember if they referenced it in the last movie, but it was, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think they ever referenced the fact that Katie Holmes is American in this. Not in this, no. But in the first movie, they do more because she's um, moving to be a babysitter. Right. And I think there's even like a scene when she's in the States as the opening scene and they're like, mm. are you really going to move to England to babysit this boy? And she's like, yeah, I'm getting paid for it. Like, and yeah. so like they do reference it in that, but, um, but yeah. And so, um, the mum and dad are kind of trying to sort Jude out and, and get him back talking and they decide to go on this family getaway to, um, you know, this, this kind of, um, house in the country, uh, where they, you know, they can be with nature and do all, you know, family stuff and bond and getting back on track and um yeah the kind of first day they're there they go for this family walk in the forest and jude um is kind of i guess he's kind of like drawn to um what turns out to be a burial site for brahms the doll Mm. um and he unearths brahms and his parents with open arms accepts this creepy doll that's covered in muck to bring home and clean up um and luckily the mum is really good at restoration and um yeah brahms comes home uh and to be fair like i'm i'm giving it a bit of shit there the the first like 20 minutes of this movie i thought it actually did a good job of setting itself up yeah I enjoyed the um, the home invasion setup. I'm a sucker for those, but I, I wasn't expecting that. There was a couple of cool little. Um, there's kind of a staircase that has this cool scene, and like I, I enjoyed that um, whole scene. I, and then kind of when Jude became a mute because of it, I was like, okay, this is interesting. Like I, I, I enjoy that we get to see like what has happened to him, and they're now trying to fix it. And when Brahms turns up and the family does accept it, even with that, I was like, oh, okay, like, he's clearly happy. They're trying to facilitate him. They're like, yeah, we'll take this tatty doll home to clean him up. And he instantly kind of um, creates this friendship with Brahms and starts carrying him around. And ultimately, it it really brings him out of his shell and, and helps with his recovery quite a bit. Mm. So I, I enjoyed that as an angle because then suddenly I was like, oh, the parents, like... They don't like the doll, but they're like, it's it's helping our son. Like, we need to keep it around no matter whether we like it or not. And even as things start to go weird in this movie, they're kind of like, well, we can't get rid of the doll. Like, like Jude is getting better because of it. Mm. So, like, all of that setup, I was reasonably on board for. I was like, okay, like, you, you have done a really good job of getting me to a third into this movie. And I'm believing the world you've built and I'm okay with it um and then yeah and then kind of once we get past that synopsis it is at this point just 
some weird stuff goes on with Brahms and um, that's the rest of the movie. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like it really, it really does change at that point because it, it, it just starts to become this like, well, Brahms is sat there and his head moves a little bit or he's sat in a chair and then they go back into the room and he's not in the chair. And just these kind of things that we've all seen a million times, like we've seen, I don't even know how many Annabelle movies at this point. Um, and other doll things and that and kind of i don't think this movie does any of those things remotely interesting let alone um kind of on any scale of entertaining you know even if it's stuff that we've done before and they've done it well it this is just vanilla in every way um Mm. stuff we've seen before and stuff we've seen before better um elsewhere um and yeah i guess that's half of my opinion half synopsis (laughs) um I mean, I guess I can just knock out the rest of my opinion that, you know, that that first third of the movie, I, I was actually pretty into it. I was surprisingly on board with it. And it was pretty much when Brahms got t- taken home and got refurbished and then it just became a, a Brahms kind of, you know, doll Annabelle type movie that it just fell off a cliff for me and I just kind of lost interest because... Um, you know, the first movie, I have no idea what the Brahms doll means. Like, is this doll haunted? Is it, um, you know, some dude messing around? Like, what the hell is this doll at this point? Um, I don't really understand and I don't really care. And I just don't really have any stake in the game. And there's no real, there's just not a lot of actual horror in this film is there it's just kind of a lot of the doll kind of half moving around half not you know just kind of freaking the mum out and kind of i wasn't sure whether they were going to start to play the card of like the mum kind of losing her mind a bit and kind of go down that route because she does start to kind of do that and she starts to kind of lash out at jude and then the dad kind of has this hostility towards her and i was like oh okay are they going to go down this route like is she going to you know, uh, seem like she's going insane and then the dad turns on her and they try and do that clever aspect and, and then they kind of don't really push that. And and ultimately, by the end of the movie, the movie just ends. And it ends and I just don't... I, it just was there. It just really didn't do a lot for me, the The mm. final the final two-thirds of the movie. And, and yeah, I was checked out at the end and the second I walk out of the cinema, like, I really... I wanted to keep that thought in my mind that I did enjoy the first third, but after that, everything else has just fallen out of my mind on this movie. Yeah. Pretty much. Um, yeah. Well, rather interestingly, like I don't necessarily disagree with you, but I quite enjoyed the, enjoyed this movie. Um, it was definitely what you said is so true. And there's definitely some things that I think are inexcusably bad, which we'll get to. Um, so many of my kind of pet peeves got irked when watching this, <laughs> but um, overall coming out of it, I was like, that was surprisingly all right. Um, it, I definitely think that the intro stuff is super strong. Um, real good, I, real good, I yeah. really believed they were a family, which is something that I talk about a lot with these movies where just if, as soon as you're thrown in and you see these like random actors stuck together and you just, as soon as you, if you don't believe that dynamic almost immediately, the movie's going to be very hard to grab you on from that point. And so that it kind of got over that hard hurdle of something like, you know, 
again it's not even remotely on that level but something like the conjuring 2 where like i believe that family immediately and so therefore i'm invested and yeah. i care that first scene is so good and so powerful um with what happens to jude and, and what was their mum's character i forgot what lisa name was. lisa um that scene is so powerful and I think it's really well written and it really does set up the dynamics for the rest of the movie really well. Mm. Like it's actually good writing. It explains like why they would move away. Um, Mm. All the Brahms stuff, like what you said, I think is really well written in terms of like, yeah, like in most movies it would be so stupid if they just found this random toy and then they let this filthy thing like, because it's normally like middle class to upper class family goes on a walk, finds a minging half rotted doll and brings it home. I'm like, mm. no, they would never do that. Yeah, or it's just like it's randomly in the house and then they just love it or like so yeah. many of those things just don't feel earned. Whereas, yeah, like they the, the setting up the whole Jude as this mute character is actually a stroke of genius. Mm-hmm. Um, it starts to obviously wear a bit thin on you as a viewer because you have to keep doing the same thing where it's like you have to wait a few seconds to see him write down on this piece of paper what he's what he's conveying is his thoughts and i obviously i kind of would have liked him to take a bit more of a liberty of that and just speed it up and be like wow this guy's really this kid's really good at writing quickly um <laughs> but like i get why because it keeps it more grounded it, you know but, um, the odd conversation yeah love actually style yeah exactly um but uh no i really appreciated like all of that stuff with jude um i really actually cared about the dynamics and then once we are introduced to brahms and we actually get to that i was actually in like i was invested surprisingly and i was like my god like i was too at that point yeah i was like i can't believe you've got me for this movie Mm. that yeah was completely forgettable um i never needed a sequel and the only thing about it was the twist ending which for most of this movie they do explain the twist and they do say it multiple times in this movie that kind of like there was this guy in the walls but they don't it it's not really an impact on this movie at all and that's one of the problems it has is that almost that movie you could watch the trailer for the boy and then you could watch the boy too and you wouldn't miss out anything um because the twist doesn't really have any impact on this movie um which is a shame um because i would have liked my only in like i actually had a bit of interest going into this because i was like you know what the craziest thing about that ending of the boy is how on earth do you make a sequel to that and and so unfortunately they do take the easy way out where it's kind of like do you know what does that stuff's kind of irrelevant now like let's yeah. just make it about brahms as this toy yeah, again about brahms, yeah. so i'm with you on that one where it does start to feel like again this generic um you know haunted uh doll movie um mm-hmm. but i just i don't know i believed the, fi- the family dynamic enough that i cared i like all three of them in, in particular like because i thought the dad would be really absent from the movie because he is at the start but that was very much just to have him kind of like away at that moment mm-hmm. um but i thought the interactions were really good and i agree with you i wish they would have gone a bit further in certain scenes where there's only really one major scene where they really start to be like oh, okay are we going to start to flirt with the idea that the mom is just going crazy um because of this like ptsd that she's struggling from from this attack and it's a really awesome scene and it's really yeah, obviously she's dealing with what happened to her as yeah. well like she's experienced headaches obviously she's gone through a trauma so i wasn't sure whether they were going to start to play that angle yeah and that stuff is only sadly these very small limited moments where that should have really been the driving force where it's like has this impact on this family that would affect two different lives and how do they deal with that in their own separate ways and then let's introduce that as a you know kind of shoehorn in this original idea and package that as a sequel to the boy but ultimately the brahm stuff is almost like a another red herring really like it was in the first movie because it wasn't really about this killer doll um but this would be more about this dynamic of this family and how do mm. they deal with this traumatic event so 
I think that, yeah, they could have, like, this movie just hints at so many cool things. And then to, to get more onto some of the stuff that really, you know, annoyed me, um, this really does rely on the traditional kind of cheap jump scares so much. Um, it does the cardinal sin of dream sequences to feature horror which you know i'm a huge fan of oh wait they one up oh yes yeah they do because like if you have your bingo card ready the only thing that can top a dream sequence is a dream within a dream of course and they do that and it's like oh my god and then not only do they do that but then they have these like weird she straight out sees crazy shit happen just in the middle of the day and um again those scenes on paper they can work because you're kind of saying like oh no she's suffering from this ptsd which is fair enough and again i did believe that as a, as a character quirk but it just it just feels so cheap that you couldn't come up with more interesting ways to keep me entertained as a viewer because i was actually entertained by the family dynamic and seeing mm-hmm. Brahms be introduced and then every time you guys were like booger booger with like a jump scare whether it was with Brahms or whether it was with these like flashbacks of this attack those moment- moments just irked me as a viewer and took me out of it I mean that's the exact problem with this movie this movie is a boy it's Brahms the boy because mm. actually the story they set up that wasn't anything to do with Brahms or the boy was the story that I was into and, and I think you were into as well yeah for sure and and i think that's why i ultimately enjoyed this movie because there was so much of that and then even when we are getting to the more traditional um brahms just doing stuff in the house there was a couple of scenes that i thought were interesting and only because of the fact that what we knew of the previous movie which was that the previous movie told us there's nothing wrong with this goddamn doll it's just a doll um so when we start to see these weird stuff happen like you say a head moves and an eye moves I was thinking to myself, okay, is this just her hallucinating again? But ultimately it kind of happens behind her back. So I was like, well, that'd be a bit cheap if we're seeing it and she's not even seeing it. Um, And then you kind of start to feel like, um, I thought I'd come up with the clever way, which was that obviously there was like all of this crap inside the doll. And I thought it'd be a bit cheesy, but if they did say, you know, like, oh, it was worms in the doll that were like moving its head. Like I was expecting some level of twist along with that um you know that kind of then kept the movie grounded and like you know guess what we're saying you again like there's nothing wrong with this doll like it's just a doll <laughs> you know you oh, guys i was, I, was so, I i thought it was just gonna be animatronics right <laughs> brahms brahms senior was just sat there he he's teched up and he's just got himself like a little cyber um thing he's yeah he's just sat there like controlling the doll it's it's weird as well because another thing that's interesting about this movie is it's not in the same house is it it's set very close to the house yeah it's like the the guest house guest or something. house yeah on the grounds um which is still like an insanely nice big house but it's yeah. not like the, the the house which the original movie was saying which of course is where kind of the kid is in the wall mm. so so you immediately know like okay well it's not the same layout of the house so there isn't necessarily someone in these walls it's, like there was in the first it's, movie. it's very odd because you kind of get them staying in the house you then get the um kind of um groundskeeper groundskeeper guy um who we know from kind of the witch i can't think of the guy's name now the actor's name but um and he's he's there staying and then they go to the house from the original movie and it's just like derelict and boarded up and they're like whoa stay away from that place i'm like well why the hell are you renting out this this um guest house like this Mm. like a few hundred yards away from this haunted house um yeah, and I think that's why, like, I think I was where you were when Bram showed up, but then it just, it fell off a cliff for me, and then kind of the, like, I don't know whether we'll go into spoilers at some point, but, like, the final scenes of this movie mm-hmm. are, 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 
not not the stingers kind of stuff at the end the kind of like when we're in the meat of the finale yeah. it got real silly and yeah. it got real silly to the point that i was almost laughing and just like got completely taken out of the believability of it and i think like those scenes left enough of an impression of me post this movie that i can't give it as much credit yeah um and it kind of even the um even with jude like i felt as this movie went on he became less and less interesting um because he was this mute that was like okay this is really interesting how he's dealing with his trauma he's writing things down he gets brahms he starts to build this relationship with brahms he starts to kind of um you know communicate with brahms but still not with anyone else and this sort of thing and then kind of then suddenly you cut to him and he's starting putting on a suit and starting to like dress like Brahms. I'm like, <laughs> the first thing that just made me chuckle was I'm like, because all family take their young child's three piece suit when they go on holiday. <laughs> and then the other thing was just like, it just started to look, he just looked ridiculous and just like so dumb, just sat there with this suit next to Brahms. And he just became like this, this kind of vegetable that that wasn't interesting to me because he was just like this, just trying to be this clone of Brahms where ultimately that's what they're trying to get to. And it just, that didn't interest me in the slightest. So for me, that took Jude out of the game for me where I was just like, mm-hmm. you've just become the shell. Um, and that, that really frustrated me. And I think it's those frustrations that, that piled up for me throughout the, the, the final acts of this movie. Yeah. For, for me, those scenes I was kind of into because um, I agree with you that it's kind of obvious where they're going but because of what we said earlier in the fact that I believe this family and I did feel sorry for them and I did want to kind of, I wanted you to get better essentially. And I wanted them to have this like happy family. Mm. Again. So obviously when you're introduced to Brahms and they're like, you know, you kind of look at it from their parents standpoint of like, well, if this creepy doll kind of sorts our yeah, son's issues out, exactly. then we're okay with it. And so, yeah, seeing him slowly devolve over the movie and then him starting to become like Brahms even more, like obviously the mute thing straight away is like the biggest giveaway of that. But then, yeah, like even his face shape really looks like Brahms. Like it's kind of crazy how they got this kid that just has this very facial structure that's the same. And then, yeah, once he starts, you know, dressing the same and stuff, like he is essentially this this doll. And and I do like that as like, what do you do as a parent? Because it was working and they can't just take this doll away because that could regress him even further. Um, And so I did like some of those dynamics where... um, it was just interesting to me of like, what would I do in that, in that situation? Like I like horror movies where it's just, it's just messed up and you just kind of, you feel sorry for them because you like the, the good horror movies are the ones where there is no easy way out. It's yeah. not like, like wow, well, you should have just I done think, this and I would have survived yeah, in that situation. I, I like that. I'm looking at this gun. Do you know what? As a parent, I would have had no idea how to handle this situation. I think that's the thing that like watching this movie, the thing that I do give it its biggest credit for is you get to that final act of the movie and I would have been where the parents were. I I would have been right there with this kid that's dressed like Brahms, like, well, (laughs) Christ, at least he's talking now. Like, I don't know. And, and like, I do, I do respect that. Cause like you say, you know, it's, it's like the whole scream thing. Like why the hell don't they run out the front door instead of Mm. up the stairs? Like it is that in a lot of horror movies, whereas yeah, this journey did feel believable. But then when we actually got to the meat of this movie and, Brahms and the boy just none of that stuff interested me unfortunately um, I will say because obviously I haven't given my thoughts on the ending um mm. the ending's bad it's very very bad it it doesn't make any sense it's super convoluted I agree with you that it definitely crosses a point where it becomes silly and yeah. uh that's a massive cardinal sin of course because like this is a and movie then it got sillier 
Yeah, well, like I was that actually. Was this is a this is a traditional haunting esque movie with a haunted doll, and I actually gave a shit about the story and the characters, which is like mm. unbelievable to me. And so the fact that they got me and I was invested to a bloody sequel to the boy, and then they do you this got so shit. close, bro. Yeah, well, I was just like, oh man, this is like I'm actually it's annoying because I had no expectations going into this, and then they kind of won me over, and then I was disappointed by the ending. And so <laughs> that's why overall I would say I enjoyed this movie. Um, I think it is better than the boy because i think the overall movie is more complete i cared more about the story about the characters and the brahm stuff whereas the ending of the boy was the best thing about it and it was awesome and it was this great little ending of like oh my god this is this really frenetic thing that's happening mm. and then the movie was over whereas this is the exact opposite of that of like i'm really invested in this story and these characters oh here's this dumb shit oh i guess the last movie didn't even matter oh now the movie's over and that was definitely disappointing um so it is one of those things that we've discussed that time and time again of like if you watch an average movie that has a sick ending you're gonna think that's a really cool film um because mm. that's obviously your last impressions of it so i it is one of those ones where i have to judge it overall and be like do you know what there was potential here and i did actually enjoy quite a bit of it it's just they they i can't it's unexcusably how bad this ending is like it's one of the worst endings we've seen because of how dumb and convoluted it is it's it's so difficult when you talk about movies and i think like if you if the if the ending is a bit of a misstep but i think ultimately you know um part of the journey is the end and you've got to nail the ending Mm. and if you don't that is the last taste you know if um if you're eating a nice meal and the last thing you have in your mouth is horse shit <laughs> you're, you're, you're gonna walk away thinking of horse shit you know and and that's how i felt with this movie mm. <laughs> you know and i do think that i, I do think it's valid um because it because it, it is the way you feel and it is well, the way you what think about, about if you that ate movie. something that was like all right for an hour before <laughs> Yeah, but you're only going to taste horse shit. Exactly. Like, all I can taste <laughs> is horse shit, mate. <laughs> like, you know? Um, whereas, whereas, yeah, like, if you're having something that's pretty bland and then you have, like, a, you know, shot of whiskey at the end of it, you're like, hell yeah, <laughs> which is kind of more like what the boy was like. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> you know? And I think, you know, it is an interesting conversation to be had because you look at the runtime of the boy and the boy mm-hmm. too, and, right, like, what was if the I boy? compare... I don't know um, in oh. terms of the uh, in terms of the actual runtime. Right. Um, let me have a look because um, that was one thing I did want to quickly note while you look that up is that this movie is lean as hell, and mm. I did appreciate that. It does not last too long. It does not waste your time. It is like eighty yeah. minutes, pretty much on the dot like, before credits, which is awesome. Yeah, the boy is one three seven. So oh, um, Jesus yeah, Christ! Hour, hour, no, sorry, an hour and thirty seven. Oh, sorry, right. no, no, yeah, sorry, <laughs> I said that really weird. I don't know yeah. why. Um, an hour and thirty seven, and so right. kind of. I was like, if that movie is yeah. two hours and twenty minutes, how did I survive? <laughs> As you would read that, I was, <laughs> I was getting confused with the picture. That's why <laughs> I saw. <laughs> he gets yeah, distracted easily by pictures. It, it happens, guys. You know. <laughs> um so so yeah if i was to compare the two movies like as a as a like percentage of enjoyment i enjoyed more of the boy 2 than what i did of the boy Mm. but then the boy 2 angered me way more than the boy 1 and so i kind of feel like ultimately for for me between the two i i'd give the first one the nudge Mm. um because it was a less offensive package overall (laughs) because because this ending of this movie like it had lost me as we've said like before then already i didn't enjoy the stuff with jude as much and kind of the the haunting stuff kind of lost me and everything else but the, the the ending of this movie is nonsense it is absolute nonsense um 
and I just don't even know what they were thinking, what they were trying to achieve. I don't even know what it means. Like, mm. it's just such a weird thing that they did, and it just wasn't entertaining. Um, it, and it, it really, you know, if you're... This movie, because, you know, you got a movie about a doll, and pretty much if you said to someone, oh, it's a horror movie with a doll, most people think Chucky, and most people think, oh, okay, well, you're going for, like, some weird, quirky stuff, and, like... You know, this is not what this movie is. It's played very serious. You know, it's mm. talking about the mental health of this boy and um, with Jude and the mother and, like, their recovery. And then, obviously, this doll coming into play. And then you just get this zany ending that just, yeah, it really did throw me. And so I think for me, ultimately, I, I it, it, it was not enjoyable enough to give it a pass for the other bit as well. But it's a shame because that first half an hour, I was in. Yeah, I think for me as well, like it was, I was in for longer. So I think that's mm. why I liked it a lot more. Mm. And mm. the ending was disappointing to me because not only was it bad, but it just, it, the, the one thing watching the movie throughout is that I was invested in this new story that we're telling, but in the back of my mind, I was remembering the events of the first movie. So I was yeah. kind of waiting for that to have an impact to be like, what happened to this guy that was living in the walls and all of this stuff. And then ultimately the, the i was waiting for the ending of this movie to tie this film to that film in some interesting yeah. way and and being like oh is it gonna be to do with the groundskeeper is it gonna be to do with the house you know is it all is the boy on in it is is the mum doing something and ultimately like they don't come up with any interesting idea which is a shame because this movie is actually filled with cool ideas um and they just do like the most common denominator of like has this like by the numbers spooky dooky ending that just doesn't do anything for me um so yeah, the ending was a, a massive misfire for sure. One scene that I just wanted to note as well that I thought was a good scene, but it was a shame because I thought it had potential to be the best scene in the movie by far, mm. which is when we uh, are introduced to this, the rest of their family come to visit them. Mm-hmm. And we have this like very cool scene, the, like, the way it's shot and the way they build tension, I think is awesome where yeah. Jude is like playing in the backyard with these two kids and um it starts to like turn a bit more mean towards jude and they start mocking him for hanging out with this doll and this this kid's very much this bully character and um you know the mom is like watching from a window but then she's also trying to like finally relax for the first time in the movie so she's almost like half i love that mum the mum dynamic there because the mum is like she's got a glass of wine and she is trying to relax but she can't Mm. and she's looking at her son and she kind of She's looking and she's getting reassurance from what she's seeing. Yeah. And then we're actually cutting to the children. And what she's seeing that's given her reassurance isn't them playing nice. It is actually yeah. them bullying him and the scene amping up. And I kind of, I found that fascinating as like, you know, her watching this and thinking, oh, look at them. They're all talking together and they're getting close. And like, even when it starts to get like physical, it kind of still looks like play from the mm. window. And like, yeah, it it was interesting. Like it was well done. The way that was building was incredible. And that was literally the only, the first time and only time in the movie where I started to like grip my seat and be like, oh shit, like this is where the movie's going to take a turn. And Mm. because they keep showing Brahms and then they're zooming in on that little bloody face. And then they showing like what Jude is like looking at him almost like he's men, you know, um, you know, mentally talking to him. Like, what do you want Mm. me to do Brahms? And then they keep zooming in on this like wood, like this sharp bit of wood that's like pointed on the ground. Mm. And I don't know about you, but I was just, waiting for jude to pick up that bit of wood and just stab that kid in the neck yeah. and just be like 
blood everywhere all over his face the other kids scream i was i was expecting an eyeball shot to be honest yeah like the mum glances down and just sees this horrific incidents where like we actually see all this really horrible blood and i'm like this is where this movie's going to earn its rating because other than that i have no idea how this movie's a 15 in the uk mm. um like this could easily be like a 12a for sure um but yeah, yeah like, you edit that scene a bit and it's a 12 this movie even what we saw i'm like was that was that a 15 to you like mm. Because yeah, obviously, like, know. the whole R rating thing in America, like, yeah. I can't imagine this was rated R, but I'm sure, not I'm Sean not of the sure. Dead was more graphic. Definitely. Um, but, yeah, like, I, I don't know. To me, that scene was really cool still. Even talking about it now, I'm like, oh, yeah, I, I was starting to remember the dynamic of the mum and all that. Like, it was yeah, really it well was, written. Yeah, it was pretty good. I like, wanted it to be more gory as, the obviously, the horror fan in me. Ultimately, a chunk of this movie is well made. Yeah, And that's definitely. the thing that is quite frustrating about it. Um, I think, as well, one of the things to touch upon as well is Brahms. And, like, I don't really find Brahms that interesting to look at or as a thing. You know, he's, you know, the Annabelle doll is quite freaky inherently. This, I don't know, like, it's trying to be freaky. It's trying to be lifelike. But it really just doesn't leave an impression on me. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you feel about Brahms? I do do like it. And I I liked him a lot more in this movie. And, um, and again, maybe that's just because I was invested and I liked the movie more overall. But I... I prefer Brahms to Annabelle because I like that he has such a human look to him where Mm. uh, all times when they start to really zoom on his face, I am kind of like waiting for him to just come alive. And especially, you know, the juxtaposition of him with Jude where Jude is just so becoming like Brahms that I kind of like that they start to become like twins throughout the movie. I want want the doll just to headbutt someone. You know what I mean? (laughs) That's what, that's what I've been waiting for. Because a lot of times characters get close to Brahms' face. Yeah. And I just want him to like, bang, right in the nose. Mm. And like, maybe the wind blew it and he fell down or something. And like, do you know what I mean? And yeah, it would have been good stuff. Yeah. Brahms headbutt for, for uh, the boy colon Brahms too if they if they make one um but yeah like the the closing um, one of them men- i think i wanted to mention as well was um katie holmes in this movie because she's mm. like she's an interesting actress to me where this may sound a bit harsh um and then i'll be nice to her because i thought her performance was good in this movie but she's a name that like most of us who, who have been film fans have been aware of for multiple decades at this point um i think she broke out on like a tv show and then obviously is you know most notably with tom cruise but she's like been in loads of movies mm. and is like in terms she of was like dawson's action, creek wasn't she right. that was what um, she was in, in right? terms of like i think so that's that rings a bell um but mm. like in terms of like known household names for an actress i mean she's still got to be up there with the big greats you know of like you know everyone knows who mel streep is and nicole kimmel like people know who katie Holmes is but what i think Maybe. is bizarre about that is that i don't know any film she's been in like other than the first batman that she got recast in like she has i think that's why i didn't that's want to literally where i was gonna go that she's, she's, she's Greek. <laughs> yeah she, like that's why i was gonna say it sounds harsh and then i'll be nice to her but she has left such a little impression on me as a film goer throughout the years considering i've been aware of her as an actress for well over two decades now yeah i can point to one movie that she's been in um and so yeah maybe she's just doing stuff that i don't watch which is fair enough but like that was my biggest takeaway going into this was like wow kate Holmes, she's still acting like if you'd have said to me mm-hmm. she retired five six seven years ago yeah 
12 years ago. Okay, that makes sense. Um, But she was great. Like, I really, really believed her. And I think that's a very difficult thing to do in a horror movie, especially not the best horror movie as well. It's not like everything else was going for this movie and I was all in. So then, therefore, I just cared about the performance. Like, she was probably one of the strongest parts was the mother-son dynamic and Mm. the whole family dynamic as well. Like, again, I want to give a shout out to the dad as well because I thought he played his role. He's definitely in it the least out of the three characters, which is which is why he doesn't get mentioned as much. Um, but yeah, I just really believed her. And I think that's a hard thing to do. We see so many of these movies where I'm like, yeah, this was a cool movie, but I didn't believe any of the characters or the family in the slightest. No, um, I know what you mean. And I, and I, yeah, so I appreciate her. And this is like a final note. Um, but yeah, what, what would you mm-hmm. give as a sort of recommendation for this one? Um, I think if you enjoyed the boy one, then, um, why not see the second one, see where it pans out. Uh, the first half of this movie's good. Um, but ultimately, like, if you're a bit fatigued with these haunting-type things, I, I don't think this one has any real enough special source to get you through. And um, it's, it's not worth a cinema watch either. There was no spectacle to watching it on the big screen. Like, shove this on if it gets on demand, and you can watch it, watch the first half, and then judge for yourself. But, yeah, I, I don't think it's worth the price of entry for cinema. Yeah, I, I completely agree that it's not worth going to the cinema for, even though it's my favorite movie we've seen at the cinema, but that's only because of how Christ. poor it's been <laughs> the other ones. Um, you know, that's more of a reflection of the year. Yeah, for I was going to so say, far. for the record, that could be, it could be mine too. <laughs> yeah, for me, it definitely is, because like the other two were just so boring and generic. Well, I was like, I actually liked quite a bit of this, as, as you can tell from this conversation. Mm. Um, but yeah, overall, I would say definitely check it out, because I, I do think there's a lot in here that's interesting. Just know that it's going to have its miscomings, mostly the end in and then mostly the forced jump scares other than those two things which is obviously a big thing i pretty much liked everything else like it's a really cool story um it is a misfire ultimately which is why after this conversation it's probably not something we're really going to talk about again because of those misfires sadly mm-hmm. um but as like a cinema you know as a film that i watched i enjoyed it and um we've definitely seen a lot of movies in this arc that i haven't enjoyed um so yeah regardless of how you see it at some point i definitely think it's worth checking out because yeah it's, it's 80 minutes long as well and i do really really respect that um because a lot of these haunted movies they want to spend like the first hour of just like nothingness whereas i like i think this movie just gets to the point very quickly um which is cool but yeah, that was our discussion of Brahms The Boy 2. Uh, we will take a short break and we will be right back. yeah we do have some listener feedback this week of course if you want to hit us up on twitter it's at shb pod or if you want to send us a longer email uh, you can email us at superhorrorbrospodcast at gmail.com um this week we do have a question from cody um who says this is a very interesting one um i don't know if you saw this one already um i but didn't he says, i am ill prepared <laughs> okay well there's a lot to unpack so i can give you some time but he says uh hey super horror brotatoes have you ever revisited a movie and have come to like it less than your first viewing i recently went back and watched midsummer and now i can't stand it Whoa. i know that sounds sacrilege but say la vie um hope you guys survive survived the boy too cheers um so yeah, first and foremost, thanks for getting in touch, Cody. I hope you are well. Very long time listener and supporter of the show. Um, so thanks for getting in touch. Um, 
yeah, that midsummer note, I can't go on past. Um, yeah, yeah, dude. <laughs> what I will say is watch it again because then you'll just absolutely love it. It'll, it's a, it'll flip yeah. flop back in your mind. Yeah, just flip flop. Um, it's just like love me, love me not sort of exactly. Um, but no, um, like for me, midsummer is a movie that is like if you said to me, mm, what movies do you love more and more each time you watch them? Like I've yeah. seen it three times and I love it even more each time I, do, I watch I, it. I do find that opinion fascinating, especially I'd be interested to know how much Cody enjoyed kind of midsummer the first viewing yeah um because you know that movie is a long movie you know yeah. watching the director's cut i did start to kind of like think you know this is movies you know i was like oh, it's a long movie but absolutely fantastic so i was like i'm in for it but do you mm. know what i mean like it is a long one but i think um yeah surprised by that but i can i can give a um i can give a movie that um is a gonna gonna irk you uh that i've the more i watch it the, the more i don't enjoy it i've got i've got a couple so let's see where you're yeah going. um mine was glass wow um it's disgusting didn't absolutely hate it i'm nowhere nowhere near where cody was for it but like glass was a movie that um you know we saw last year really enjoyed was and I still massively respect for this combination of kind of like this, just, you know, it, the whole spectacle behind glass, but glass is an, an actual movie to watch again and again and again is not for me. Mm. The second viewing, um, it had lost all of its intrigue for me. And so when we had these interview sign- um, sequences and all of this other stuff, I just, it, it just didn't, didn't grip me and didn't keep me thrilled. And so that is definitely one for me that is not a repeat viewer. You know, mm. I still, massive like i say the the original viewing and the original review of that movie is still where i'm at for that kind of movie as its spectacle but is a repeat viewer yeah it does not hold up for me no i can totally see that as like an individual movie because yeah when we first watched it it is all that hype and actually wanting mm. to see the conclusion of it yeah and this I've... crazy combination of three movies like all of that shit i respect but yeah actual repeat viewings that second one i was like I wish I hadn't brought this Blu-ray. I'm when, not going to be throwing this on again. When I rewatched it, I watched Unbreakable and Split just before. So, and I loved it. And I think that for me is what that movie is now. And it almost mm. like all three of those movies really, where I can't see myself ever sitting down to watch any of those um, just mm. on their own. Like I'll always be in the mood to be like, hell yeah, I want to watch this trilogy of movies because I, I honestly think that's the best way to experience it. And so, yeah, I'm actually with you where like, I'm never going to be in the mood to just watch glass. Mm. Um, but I still absolutely love it. Um, but yeah, for, for me, um, there's one that's kind of for the show recently, and then there's one that's a much older one. The one for the show, um, which again, I definitely, it's not I can't stand it, but you said I've come to like it less than your first mm. viewing. Um, for sure, It Chapter 2. Um, I still really, really like that movie. Um, but coming out of the cinema, I was blown away by that achievement, and it was everything that I wanted as a, as, the, as a sequel to It Chapter 1. And I adored it and everything about it, and I was like, my God, this might... I think he's topped it. I think he's beat the first one. Um, when you rewatch it, and especially rewatching the first and second one, I still really like the movie, um, but the problems are so in, the, in my face now that the little things that I didn't let bother me because I was so in on the spectacle the first time, time mm. um re-watching it certain sub stories that i don't care yeah, about the, the indian stuff yeah and... the missed opportunities on the plot points for for mike and a few of the other characters where i'm like you just didn't you just didn't nail this at all and especially comparing it i know that's a bit of a weirder thing but like now when you rewatch it i'm like i can't believe i ever thought it chapter two was on the same level as chapter one because it, it's just not um mm. again still really like the movie but like coming out of it i was like this is a year ender contender and obviously when i was re-watching stuff like it, it was number six i think over which i think is the a fair thing, 
the thing that I find interesting with those two was it chapter two, I think, nails the set pieces more like the the Pennywise stuff, like mm-hmm. obviously the um, the uh, um, old lady in the apartment scene yeah. and kind of the it when he kind of does his attacking random scenes and like the opening scene and all of that stuff. Whereas the first movie, when we kind of reviewed it, one of our things gripes were on it was that the Pennywise stuff was very CG heavy when yeah. you've got kind of the, the uh, Jewish painting lady that's very CG and kind of a few of the other things. I mean, this ultimately for me, that entire friend, the, the, the two movies are too CG reliant that, that takes it away from it for me. Yeah. But yeah, I, I still love them both, man. Yeah, definitely. Um, my other sort of more random one, which is an older one, is definitely one that, and again, I don't know if it's just you misremember it, but um, when when I first saw the Hills of Eyes remake, mm. I thought that movie was awesome. Like, I absolutely loved it. And then we rewatched it a few years back, and I was like, this movie sucks. <laughs> like, I don't like it at all. Yeah, um, I remember that, actually. It's a good point. It really did. Yeah. It was a weird one where I was like, I just, I don't know. Like I was so in on it at the time. We we, we were watching it together, right? Yeah. We, yeah. We like went to the cinema and obviously our rewatch was together as well. Yeah. Yeah, But but, did um, we even finish the rewatch? Did we not turn it off? No, I think we did turn it off because it was just like, this is rubbish. I think it was like a Halloween or something, wasn't it? And we were going to get through a few movies and we was like, nah, fuck it. We got like 20 minutes in and more. (laughs) half an hour in yeah you're right yeah it's just like it's just so and and again what's crazy is like i'm not the the biggest fan of the original hills of eyes obviously the the superior movies you shut your mouth right now oh yeah listen i'm just exactly (laughs) um (laughs) but uh but but watching that remake i'm like this is just devoid of anything and i will say that yeah i think if you get to the ending the ending's kind of fun because it's very hyper violent and i like when he gets to like that weird like chernobyl like town at the end of it but (laughs) yeah the early stuff in that movie is like painfully dull and it's just like, Oh my God. Like, yeah, I, that is the one that I flipped the most on where I put that in the category of, of quality remakes mm. with Friday the 13th, which is another movie that every time I watch that, that just gets better and better. Yeah. Like go watch the Friday the 13th remake, which is awesome. Like Halloween remake, Dawn of the dead remake. I still, I don't love the Dawn of the dead remake like I used to, but I still think it's really, really awesome. Um, but yeah, oh, that I was one that like, I think that's as bad as like chainsaw massacre and all these other ones. That I just think are a complete waste of time. Um, but yeah. yeah, that's a really interesting one, Cody. Thank you very much. Uh, let us know if you guys have any of these as well, as well as you, Cody. I know you mentioned Midsummer, um, but yeah, that, I always think that's an interesting one because you do take that risk for sure. Mm-hmm. Like we rewatch quite a lot of stuff, um, but I, I do see the point of if some people like if you just have that experience, then don't ruin it. Like there has yeah, been movies I, so. I saw at the cinema where I was like, that was perfect, and I almost don't want to ruin it like i didn't rewatch mission impossible fallout for ages because i was like that cinema experience <laughs> to me was like perfect um and it was still awesome at home but it's obviously you can't capture what you can see on the big screen i tell you what though just to flip-flop the question as well a little mm-hmm. bit um a movie that um we spoke about him earlier on the show but a movie that like i like more the more i yeah. watch it the witch yeah <laughs> like um i need to rewatch it i've i've just been drawn to it like two or three times and like every time i rewatch it i'm like it, it's just it's just goddamn fascinating like it and it's yeah. just it's just it just sucks you into this weird world that like i just you know not ever ready for but yeah and so yeah that one for me like grows on me more and more and i think i'm at the point where i'm gonna be watching hereditary again yeah, <laughs> and I think that might be another one where I'm like, after being so hot on his last movie, like I need to go back and see Hereditary. That one I've only I think ever could seen be the cinema viewing. 
Yeah, same. I think that one would be an easier one because we did like Hereditary. Um, mm. It wasn't like we didn't like it. We just didn't love it like everyone else. Um, so I could definitely see that now, like post that being like, oh, yeah, this is a movie we're really into. And uh, The Witch is an interesting one because, yeah, I don't really want to go back and watch it. Like I thought it was OK. Um, but I also I don't want to live in a world where I don't love every Robert Eggers movie. So I'm just going to pretend that I like it and just never rewatch it. <laughs> <laughs> That's the way to be. Um, yeah, fair play. But yeah, thank you very much for that one, Cody. That was a really cool question. Um, yeah, we did have a little bit of feedback as well from Sean, um, who uh, he watched the movie that like we're just again, will we ever get to see it? Who knows? Nope. Um, <laughs> but he saw the lodge, um, which at this point I can't see anything to do with UK. It seemed like it had a mini US like theatrical run. Mm. Um, so again, hopefully it will come out on demand at some point when we get it. Um, but it's been wild because obviously we've discussed movies like The Grudge and Underwater where we just got like a two, three, four week delay, but at least we mm. got it. Whereas there have been some movies like Hansel and Gretel that came out. Yep. Just, there's just nothing never, about never it. Never rocked up. Yeah. Yeah. They were just like, put it in the US, US cinemas. It bombed. And it's like, why not just shove it on demand like straight away? Um, mm. But, uh, you know, he mentioned The Lodge and he said that um, if you liked movies like Hereditary and Midsummer, this one's for you. Um, art house type horror movie. Um, main themes are a dysfunctional family, deep loss, emotional trauma. Um, and he said it's a slow burn, but it does enough to keep your attention. And yeah, he, he liked it um, and would recommend mm. it. Um, and so, yeah, that alone is definitely something that I, w- I would like to see because, yeah, it sounds cool for sure. But what, um, what's he doing to us? He's just he's just teasing the the review yeah. that we're all waiting for where's <laughs> where's your viewing of microwave massacre yeah oh you, yeah you where can, was it you can be honest man i just want to know someone i just want to know a different because we're we're obviously broken people me mm. and you and so i need to know someone else's opinion of that movie <laughs> i expect at least a free paragraph review of microwave massacre please sean yeah that, that's <laughs> that is this week's homework <laughs> um do you know what? I, I need to just rewatch it man it's so good yeah um, maybe maybe we'll all watch it and you know m- maybe next week will be microwave massacre yeah yeah we, we can delay invisible man we're not candy man candyman <laughs> trainer fun. reaction slash microwave massacre review <laughs> give the fans what they want that's we'll, what get, we'll get to the first horror movie that we actually want to see this year Lee who don't worry about it he's never Um, done anything of note no of course not um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week um what have you been watching anything interesting lately um well i have finished watchmen yeah i was expecting this and i was Mm. like this is a long podcast and i don't know if we've got time to go into this (laughs) we might need to put a pin in it because Mm. i feel like your conversation might be longer than my conversation on it anyway but Mm. um yeah, I watched it. It's some crazy shit, man. Mm. Um, if you can go see it, why not see it? Uh, because it's 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 some real losty. If you like oh, yes. Lost back in the day and you like superhero stuff, then uh, yeah, go see this weird thing that exists that's pretty goddamn beautiful. Yeah, to, to me, it's just perfect television. Like in terms of these one seasons of shows, like Hill House is the only thing I've seen that comes close to it, where it's like this one and done thing. And even though, like, of course, you want more as a consumer, we all want more of the things we love. Mm. But like, if you just judge that as like a what's it, eight episode season? Which eight is, episode. Oh, yeah. When you think back to when like Lost and that used to have these twenty four episode seasons, mm. and they were like churning these out every nine months, whereas now, like, he had like three years of pre production just to make eight episodes, and it shows because the the level of craft and love in every single episode is just so strong um but yeah i can't say enough good things about this show yeah um, it wasn't as strong for me like i definitely think there were misfires um there, there was a complete episode that lost me and um hmm. a couple other things but overall like yeah it was more of an up and down journey for me but overall i still i still enjoyed it quite a bit 
those last two episodes like if you're not a fan of those then you're not alive <laughs> they're so yeah, good oh yeah yeah <clears throat> they're um, amazing yeah there, there was one ep- the, the black and white episode yeah really, it's a really slow just, one yeah it just didn't add anything to me i feel like that could have been a five minute scene and, mm. and it, it just wasted an episode but maybe maybe we'll talk a little bit more in depth about it maybe not yeah. um we'll see yeah, potentially. Um, the only thing I've been watching is I have watched more of Lock and Key. Um, obviously, I mentioned it last week that I'd only seen one episode. Um, I've watched five episodes now, and rather surprisingly, I don't have too much more to say on it, really, where kind of my thoughts after episode one are the same now, where I'm enjoying it. It's cool. I would definitely say that it's uh, a fun show. Um, I would I would have expected it to be a little bit more accelerated in terms of what's happened, um, because like I say, after episode one, where I was like, this is cool setup. I'm invested in this family. Let's see what happens. I feel like i'm pretty much still there after five Mm. episodes they've given me more for sure but i'm already worried that knowing that this was a graphic novel series as well i don't know how long it lasted and how kind of like long and sprawling this story is but i hope this isn't like a yep netflix hope they're gonna get like three seasons out of this um (laughs) yeah that's the worrying thing isn't it yeah because i've just come again i've been spoiled with watching Watchmen and stuff like hill house but i do that is the television that i appreciate now and i will obviously give the most props to is if you can tell a complete story within one season that's incredible and i'm already starting to feel like i don't think they're gonna answer all these questions in another five episodes but we shall see i am really enjoying it though it's it's so stephen king like what we said before like these 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 ideas and concepts that you'd only find in a stephen king thing and obviously it being joe hill um i think you would really considering how much you love dream capture like uh, catcher like you would really really like this (laughs) um so yeah it's definitely cool but yeah i'll talk about it more obviously when i've watched it all um but yeah that's pretty much it for this week Obviously, we, we just briefly mentioned that there is a big one next week. Oh, yeah. Which is super exciting. Like we say, like all jokes aside, it is definitely like 2020 kicking off properly. Yeah. 2020 <laughs> you know, though, starts next week. Yeah. Like even though we've seen some stuff and obviously like I adore the lighthouse and I would actually be surprised if I like it more than that. But it, obviously it doesn't really feel 2020 because so many people saw it. No. Yeah. Good. Good point. Yeah. Because that yeah. and Parasite were. Yeah, were for sure. They were. Watches, yeah. You know, but they, they feel like us just 2019 yeah. spewing into 2020. Whereas exactly. this feels like the beginning of 2020. Yeah. Like no one has seen this properly yet. Yeah. You know? So it's 2019 was so epic. It, mm-hmm. it needed more than 12 months to, to finish yeah 100 percent, and yeah but it's finally kicking off like it looks so fascinating i'm i'm i love the cast obviously we've we've discussed time and time again our love for lee winnell so mm. i just can't wait it's gonna be awesome time cannot well, i'm genuinely time. looking forward to this one man i'm gonna be super super excited when we finally see it um, oh yeah but yeah that was episode 185 where we discussed brahms the boy too uh thanks for listening as always and we'll see you again very soon see you later everyone Shut up, I can't Mainly because I never could How could I start now?